you're on a hot date with Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. And now, it's complicated. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm not Jen. So you know how you text your friends and ask them what to wear on the first date? How to respond to a text from your crush or to weigh in on whether you should post a certain pic on the socials? Yeah, well, that's what we call your village, and we think you can't date or relate without them. Join our village because we're serving you expert guests who are filled with tips and tricks that will take some of the guessing out of the game. And make sure that you subscribe and share our pod with your friends so we can help the village grow even bigger. You can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your pods. And don't forget to tell a friend. Breakups are the worst, are they not? They are. What other times in your life are you expected to completely stop contact with the person that you have the deepest connection with? Going from 100 to zero is so hard, it honestly feels like dealing with a death. There's such conflicting advice on how to handle breakups, and we never really know what's the right or best action to take in order to help yourself move on and get back out there in finding love. But that's why we are not all broken up about having author and dating coach Connell Barrett in to discuss breakups and how to go from rock bottom to rock star, how to restore your self-esteem, and he's going to crack the code of romantic connections. Dating is so hard, especially for guys today. Rejection, ghosting, endlessly swiping on Tinder, not to mention the pitfalls of looking for love in the hashtag MeToo era. Well, author and dating coach Connell Barrett is here to help. He is the founder and executive coach of Dating Transformation, and he teaches men to unlock their most confident, authentic selves so that they can connect with wonderful women without any like creepy pickup moves because those aren't cute. It's dating with total integrity. Ugh, bring integrity back. Connell can fix most any dating problem because he's had every dating problem. He was shy, dateless, and lonely. Sad. He didn't just live in the friend zone. He owned a condo there. Out. <laughs> when he finally found a woman who liked him, he married her. And she dumped him nine weeks later. What the F? Then he hit rock bottom, nearly going broke, paying women for sex. Yowzers. Finally, he decided to change. He embarked on a years-long globe-trotting quest to understand the art of male-female connection. He discovered the secret, radical authenticity. Women want to meet the real you, he tells his clients. Since becoming a coach, Connell has helped guys all over the world find confidence in connection by embracing this authenticity. He's appeared on Access Hollywood, The Today Show, and he's been published in Maxim, Cosmo, Oprah Magazine, and Playboy. He's also a coach for The League, which is the exclusive dating app for high-achieving singles, and he's an advisor for Ask Men and Elite Daily. He also writes a popular weekly advice column, Ask the Dating Coach. His next project, showing men a new way to date with his forthcoming book, Dating Sucks But You Don't, The Essential Guide for Men Looking for Love in the Me Too Era. And it's going to be published in May by Simon & Schuster, so you all can get your little hands on this book or gift it to those that might need it soon. He's going to break down how to break up and break back into the world of dating. Welcome to the show, Connell. Jen and Lauren, thank you so much for having me here. I'm psyched. We are so psyched to have you. So to kick things off in normal, it's complicated fashion. Big question for you, single, married, or it's complicated? I'm going to say it's complicated. I'm I'm married to my book and my career, but it's an open marriage. I'm willing to cheat for the right one. Oh. 
but technically I'm a single man. I've been single since about three months into COVID, but I'm ready. I'm looking. And, and if you know anybody special, I'm available. Okay. Now we have to ask why, what happened? Why was it three months into COVID? Was it like COVID related? Was it not? How did that happen? We were date. We were, we were having fun dating. We were, we had a fun Valentine's date. We had just met on Bumble and my now ex and now good friend and I were dating for a while. And then two or three months in, we realized, whoa, the world has changed. The COVID zombie apocalypse is upon us. And it went from like, it felt like it went from date three to year three, where we were the only two people we could touch or be around. And it was just too much too soon. And we pulled back and I said, hey, we, we should maybe try again some other time, but right people, wrong timing. Interesting. You think though that that might be a good timing because it seems to have worked out for some and obviously not for others. And it just was, you know, it, whatever was going to happen was going to happen. But we know plenty of people that COVID quarantined together and are now super serious because they did spend all that time together and it fast forwarded things so quickly. Yeah, you really find out what you are, or sorry, what you want and who you are and whether or not you're truly ready for a relationship. And to be honest, I was I was ready to have some fun dating and take it easy for a while as I also decided to work on this big book project. When the, the book happened right at the same time as COVID and the potential relationship happened, and I realized I just didn't have space for it. Okay, now that sounds completely legit. That sounds like actually the respectful thing to do because you don't want to put yourself in a position where you don't feel like you're ready. And then you're maybe like, Oh, but I like this person. So let me see if I can just go through the motions and see what ends up happening. Then you lead somebody on and then they get really into it. And then you have to inevitably go back to the thought of, okay, this isn't going to work and feelings are hurt more. Right? Like, so that seems like in theory, the nice thing to do, but let's just get like straight to the punch here. I'm just going to say it, Connell, if you like really were like in super into this girl, I'm not saying you weren't, but I, that's what my thought process goes. Like I'm the girl I might be thinking if he was really into me though, would any of those things matter? Would he, would he just say, you know what, maybe I'm not ready, but I just can't let this girl go. Like, how do you like rectify if someone's thinking that you, somebody might absolutely feel that way about dating. And I think that's a reasonable model to look at love through that lens. However, for me, in, in my psychology, my feeling is it's got to be right person and right time-ish. Not perfect time, but more or less the right time. And it was the terribly the wrong time. COVID plus book equals Connell had to go. And I felt awful. But in a way, I'm glad, I'm glad that I I'm glad that we ripped the band-aid off sooner rather than later because I have an MO from the past of wasting a couple of exes years of their time when I wasn't really all the way in it. So as hard as it was, I felt, you know what, wrong, right girl, maybe. I couldn't find out for sure, but I felt great about her, but definitely the wrong time. And we decided to end it. And to her amazing credit, she understood. And after a long, difficult transition process, we became good friends. And now she's one of my best friends. And I hope you're listening. That's amazing that you could transition it that way and handle it. Like not everyone has that grace and the ability to go from dating to friends. And hopefully you should be able to, because if you connected and treated each other 
with respect and you were honest and taking each other's feelings into account. Like, you know, Lauren said that you handled it. It sounds like the respectful way by saying like, not the right time. Let's part ways before anyone gets too hurt. Then you should be able to be friends. I mean, sure. It hurts like in the beginning, but then you recover because you ultimately had something prior. And I don't know. I think when you're talking to somebody every single day and they start to become a part of your routine and they part, they become the person you go to for so many things to cut the, uh, or to rip the bandaid, whatever the saying is, you know that. Right. Um, Jen can never get the sayings right. So just feel free to help her along that process. It's to cut the cord or rip the bandaid off, Jen. I like to combine sayings. I like to rip the bandaid off one day at a time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Jen likes, Jen likes to pull the wool out from under you. <laughs> I like that. If, if there is wool around you, I will pull that wool. So if you're going to get my motor revving, just don't pull the wool over my eyes. Yeah, I, that yes, that's the worst thing. <laughs> oh, see, I, to me, motor revving sounds like a perfectly normal saying, but I get it. It's probably motor running. Well, well I was talking about motors and wool and yeah. rugs. And throw, hey, throw it all in there. Listen, you know what? We can combine with the best of them. But yeah, see, there we go again. Jen, no idea. Sayings, she she just doesn't know. So really, you could definitely pull the rug out from over her eyes. Perfect. And <laughs> I think dating does that to many of us. It pulls the rug over our eye. I don't know. I've lost half of right and wrong at this point. But the point is, is that cutting somebody out completely after you are now used to talking to them, it's hard and it hurts. And also it sometimes leads to like reconnecting, even if it's not meant to be. But now did this relationship inspire this book or is it a little bit of like chicken and egg kind of scenario? Actually, I got the book deal right when she and I met. We talked about it on my, my first, our first date. So the book, the book deal was about to happen. It hadn't been set in stone yet. So when it came, when the book deal became, hey, we're publishing your book, you, you need to, you need to spend 15 hours a day writing and editing for the next six months. I realized, whoa, that does not put me in a position where I can give to anyone, let alone someone in a real committed relationship. So no, she didn't cause the book at all. It was simply a, it was simply a timing factor. So obviously dating is hard and you opted to go in back into the dating world. We usually cover it from the female perspective mm. and I listen to all of our episodes and you'll hear why, but <laughs> and I'm sure you hear, you know, your fair share of the men versus women take on why dating is so hard. But we always figured that, you know, women were more likely to discuss it because they more often discuss their feelings and their relationships with other people versus men who, from our experience, do not connect with other men in that same way. So it's refreshing to know that there are dating and relationship books out there that are geared toward men because if you ask us, they're the ones that actually need the help because we're just trying to maneuver through whatever they're going through. So moral of the story, dating does suck. Tell us about this book that you, you know, started writing a year ago and also like why you say that dating sucks. Dating sucks because of rejection and the way we process it. I think that dating sucks for people because they feel like, well, if I go on this date, if I meet this person and they're not into me or it doesn't work, then maybe I'm not enough. Maybe I'm not going to find somebody of, of the quality I want and who's going to give me the love I want and deserve. So when I say dating sucks, but you don't, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to send a message to 
single men mainly, who that's who I coach. Single, nice guys, maybe they're a little bit introverted. Maybe they just never had the confidence with women or never felt like they were that guy who had a lot of dating options. I want him to know that actually you don't suck. Dating sucks. What what sucks is rejection. What sucks is feeling like that ghosting was personal or getting a lack of matches was personal. I want to here. So here's where the title came from. Uh, this, I think this might be the best way to answer your question. There's a part of my book where I talk about online dating and I say to men, Hey, look, it's really competitive. There's three, four, five guys on Tinder for every woman, roughly, depending on where you are. It's really competitive. And if you're sucking at online dating, it's not that you suck. It's that your profile sucks. It's not good enough to break through that noise and be the piece of digital marketing that it needs to be. So I'm trying to give them a positive message. Hey, you don't suck. Dating sucks. It's hard. It's competitive. But once you learn how to do it better, once you learn the quote hacks and tips and tricks, and also once you understand that you are 1000% enough for a wonderful person to share your life with, then dating can become a lot more fun because rejection doesn't feel existential. It feels like, oh, they just weren't into me, but I'm still badass. Now I'll find, I'll go out and find somebody better. And so dating stops sucking when you realize that you don't suck. You're pretty freaking awesome. And you just need to learn to date a little bit better and learn a few cool tools and tricks. And Connell, does this advice work for, I mean, we've already mentioned a little bit before, um, you know, the Me Too era and why dating sucks for guys in this era. But to just go back for a second, this advice that you're giving to men who you say you coach, that can be used for women too, right? Or no, I mean, we're going on the the basis that the men are in this society that, you know, um, they're the ones who like go after the woman or who, or whatever, whoever it is that you're going for. So like, they're the ones who are going to maybe approach a girl or someone they're interested in and say, Hey, would you like to go out or make the first move or do all that? So we're going based on that. And that's why dating sucks because they're the ones who are rejected if they're the ones who are asking. But what about if in this, like, you know, um, independent woman, um, you know, like, we're badasses and we can go do our own thing. We're boss bitches and all that, like all that stuff, that movement that's happening, which is totally legit, obviously. Like even, well, I'll say this, Jen, you're definitely a badass independent woman, but you want like a guy to approach you. There are some women who are like, I'm okay approaching a a dude. Can they use this advice for themselves? Like, can they kind of transfer what you're telling men to do just for them? If they're like, I want to approach a guy. Absolutely. So if I had to boil my message down to one or two sentences, I think it applies to both men and women, which is simply this. Buy into your own worth and show the other person your best, most authentic self. Lean in to who you are at your core because everyone, you, Jen, Lauren, me, we all have a singularness to us. And men struggle because they tend to First, not see their worth and fear they're not enough. And also they tend to wear a mask with dating. They put on this persona, oh, I'm going to pretend to be some alpha male or a pickup artist, cool line spouting dude. Or maybe I'm going to go the other way and be really, really nice and lean in and act like you're the queen and I'm your servant. 
And none of that is real. None of that is authentic. And that all comes from this fear of rejection, wearing a mask to, to shield ourselves from fear. So what I suggest that men do, but absolutely women can and should take this advice too, is to realize, wait a minute, I am worthy. There's a thousand cool things about me that make me a great choice for a partner. And I'm going to start leaning. I'm going to start realizing that first realizing my worth and then leaning into showing my dates, the real me saying the scary thing, doing the scary thing, like approaching. So absolutely. If a woman wants to approach a man or a man wants to approach a woman, that's an authentic action. And I think we need to take more authentic, courageous action in our love lives because that's what's going to help create a deeper, true connection. If you see the real me on a first date, as opposed to the cool guy I want you to want you to see, you're going to get a much better sense if you really vibe with me. And the same goes for me and you if you're a single woman. Love that and totally agree. And I'm sure Lauren does too, is that you know, Absolutely. the best person you can be is yourself. And it also cuts through like the crap of discovering that later. Um, and then realizing you might have wasted time with the wrong person or that we, you know, we have said in the past painting red flags, white or pink, you know, just because you might overlook something because somebody also isn't revealing their complete selves yet. And then it shows itself later and like such an ugly way. But when it comes to dating apps, you mentioned, you know, making your profile um, a certain way so that you cut through the clutter and stand out. How can somebody show their their authentic self on these dating apps with so little to work with? I mean, I'll just give you my own perspective. And obviously your book is more geared toward men, but it does apply to women. And we're really just going to take advantage of all of your male expertise here personally. <laughs> but um, Use me and abuse me, please. Perfect. That's our favorite. At least we're honest about it, right? We're authentic. <laughs> so that's what we're doing here. I was actually just telling Lauren about this before you joined the call. I am going to Miami in a couple, in like a month and a half or whatever. And I put myself on hinge in Miami just to see, you know, what bites I would get because men can like you or you can like them. And it's not like a swiping scenario. So I could actually see the interest in me. And it was like, I don't know, 10 times the amount of interest that I get in LA. And I was saying to Lauren, like, is it because I'm not an Instagram model? Is it because I haven't had work done? Is it because I'm too old? Is it because LA guys are too insecure? Is it because they think I'm going to make the move? No one's making the move. It's like a stalemate. What the hell is happening in LA? It is its own pandemic and we are allowed out now. So like, what is going on here? Am I just not meant to date in LA or is it LA guys? And I guess that was like a hundred questions for you, but <laughs> what can maybe I do to change my profile? What should men do to change their profiles? Because if I read one more person say that their grandparents met on this app or they don't put any effort in, like, that's why I'm at least not liking their profiles. I don't know why they're not liking mine. Wait, so men are writing about their grandparents meeting on the app. Yes. They're putting that on their profiles. Yes. What kind of sarcastic bullshit is that? Wow. I'm glad I'm not dating men. So here's, here's how I think everyone should look at online dating is don't look at it as dating. Online dating isn't dating until you have that first date, first conversation, first meetup. And so then it's marketing. It's a piece of digital marketing. And we want to look at it that way and treat it as something that it might feature you. And it obviously should feature you, but it's not about you. It's about 
the person you're marketing to. And by the way, before before anybody says, ew, gross, marketing, advertising, that's skeezy or manipulative, it doesn't have to be. Marketing can and should actually be really authentic and genuine. Good marketing is should be make should be transparent and genuine and make a real genuine connection with the the audience. So I don't mean market in a sleazy way. I mean in a genuine way, in a real way. But with the idea that look, marketing is about giving something on the other, giving something of value to the person you're marketing to. So on a dating app, you want to market yourself in a way that makes that person on the other side of the phone say, "Oh wow, look at." Look at their cool style. Look at the fun hobbies, authentic, genuine hobbies, but look at the awesome hobbies they have. You want to essentially treat the photos, and the photos are the most important part of online dating, as I'm sure you both know. Uh, the photo should be a photo essay, essentially a photo essay. The title should be what it's like to date blank, date me, what it's like to date Connell, what it's like to date Lauren, what it's like to date Jen. And the photo, not so much date, but this is, this is what it would be like to be in my life. Here I am playing tennis. Here I am with my mom and dad. Here I am looking really sexy and, and gorgeous, maybe maybe a first date outfit. So you're marketing to try to make the person on the other, on the other end of their phone feel something. Uh, it's like in the first episode of Mad Men, Don Draper says, advertising is about one word, happiness. And that's true with online dating. You want to craft your photos and profile in a way that's both, both authentic to you, but also makes the person feel happy about the idea of dating you. And that's not what most people do. At least mo most men don't do that. They just grab random pictures from their phone and say, well, here's here I am holding this fish. Ugh. <laughs> here's this fish. Here's there's a, there's a chapter in my book called, uh, the online dating chapter is titled, It's Not You, It's the Halibut You're Holding. <laughs> that's uh, so women don't want to date Quint from Jaws. Women want to date... <laughs> different guy. They want to date Roy Scheider maybe, but not Quinn from Jaws. So uh, I don't, I'm still trying to figure out the whole fish photo thing. I think it's something about, hey, look, I'm a provider. But anyway, don't show women your fish photos. Or if you're a woman, don't show men the fish photo equivalent, whatever that might be. It might be, here, here I am with my three gorgeous female friends. Well, don't show me that picture because I'm a guy. I'm going to look at your female friends and think, oh, well, you're not the most attractive one in this photo. Now I've lost interest in you, at least because I'm, I'm a simple man. Or or guys have said before, Connell, like there's that or there's, oh my God, this is intimidating. Like all her friends look like these, you know, gorgeous women. Like what if they don't like want to be friends with me or aren't friendly? Or you just have all these like preconceived notions about what someone is going to be how they're going to be treating you basically, or who knows what any insecurity, it like makes insecurities pop up, but regardless, and that's your own issue, but like, you don't need to be layering all of those thoughts in when it really, the only person that matters is the person that you're potentially going on a date with. So like, don't confuse the situation with like women that a lot of guys say too, like, oh, if you're standing with like a group of five girls at a bar, it's kind of hard to like approach you. It seems like you're like breaking up a conversation. All these eyes are staring at you. Like it's easier to approach a woman when she's like with one friend or by herself potentially. So maybe that picture of you and all your girlfriends kind of does the same thing. I have no problem with that kind of photo for that very purpose. 
because you want to screen for a man who's got the confidence to not worry about your attractive friends, right? Don't you, don't you want to date that kind of guy who's got the boldness to say, walk up to the, the four or five of you at a bar. Hopefully we'll all be able to do that soon where there's yeah. four, there's four or five women at the bar and he walks right up and, and says hi to the group has a little bit of charm, but also lets you know why he's there. When wouldn't that impress you? Don't you? Oh my God, that would be, that would be great. Yeah. Absolutely. So what I teach guys in my book, and I'm going to, I'm going to give a tip for your female listeners right now that I think they'll like, but back to the men who I also, who I coach, I say, look, is it scary to walk up to five beautiful women standing up at a bar and talking to the one you like the most? Hell yes, it is. My hands used to shake. My heart was slam, slam dancing in my chest. It was really hard to do that, but I did it over and over and over again until it became second nature ish where I realized, wait a minute, they're not five uh, executioners. They're just five women in a bar. <laughs> some, yeah. some might like me, some might not. But what I realized was the more intimidating the approach situation, as long as I committed to it, the better it went. Because the bar was so high for what it takes to do that, that if I could walk up to those five girls, then one of them, may, or the one hopefully the one I'm attracted to, realizes, wow, it took a lot of confidence for you to do that. And, and because that shows my, let's call it value, shows my, my courage, confidence, value to her. And now she might be more into me, or at least that might've bought myself five minutes to find out if we have chemistry. So anyway, back to your point, uh, you know what I, I say to a woman, hell yeah, put, put a picture of you and your five sexiest friends on your dating app, because you want to weed out the guys who are too in their head and insecure to match with you and write you, I would think. Oh, but but anyway, speaking of approaching, here's a tip for, for women, single women listening to this. Uh, men love, with a capital L, love when a woman makes it easier for him to approach. It is scary. And I do empathize with guys who are anxious about approaching. It was the single hardest thing for me to learn. And so the rare times in my life when a woman has either approached me or at least broken the ice in an indirect way and made it really easy for me to then talk back I was so grateful and so appreciative. I wanted to halfway propose right then and there. I was once on the subway. I live in New York City. I was once on the subway, my nephew and niece, and this really pretty, cool-seeming woman was there, and she randomly broke the ice with me. Some, something about, she, she noted the conductor's accent. She said, hey, isn't that weird? The conductor has a Jamaican accent. And that alone isn't weird. There's all kinds of accents in New York City. But the look on her face, I could tell she was just trying to talk to me. And it was so endearing and so sweet that I just was so happy that she did that. And it made it easy for me to talk back and flirt. And and yeah, feel free. If you see a man out in the world, if you're at Starbucks tomorrow and there's a, a handsome, attractive, interesting man next to you, or you're at a party or a bar, feel free to say something to him, maybe compliment something that he's wearing or ask him what he's drinking or give him some kind of in any, literally any icebreaker, because the hardest thing for a man to do is approach a woman. But once the conversation starts, he, he relaxes and you're actually opening a door for potentially a, a really cool rom-com movie moment where the two of you might have chemistry. So feel free. You don't need to be direct and, and make it all sexy time if you don't want. You could simply say, hey, I really like that. I really like your, uh, your sneakers. Those are, those are some cool, stylish sneakers. Oh my God, I would love it if an attractive woman said that to me. Yeah, right? That sounds like so easy and harmless and like 
not, I mean, it's like something you would say to anybody. So it doesn't even need to carry too much meaning behind it. It's just like, you know, it gives somebody on the other end, the feeling of like confidence to continue Mm -hmm. the conversation or not, if they want to. And it's like, you never know what anybody else is going through either. Like that person could not, could be very confident and not have needed your help at all, but like thought, oh, wow. And then that, it, it makes them look at you and go, well, she's like a confident girl. I kind of like this. And then they yeah. start talking to you like, or maybe that person just got broken up with and they're feeling kind of down and they're like, they need that extra little boost to like, know that it's okay to kind of open the door and have that conversation with you. And breaking up to talk about that is like the hardest. I mean, there's a reason why the song is breaking up is hard to do. Okay. It is right, so right. Much like you've been on both sides of it, Connell, obviously. And like, before someone's going to go out into the world with this like confidence that we want to talk about this radical authenticity quickly, like help our listeners, like what kind of advice can you give to someone who's going through a breakup and is having trouble, like moving forward so that they can get into the place to have this radical authenticity. Cause you can't just come from like a down place and be mm-hmm. like, I'm going to be authentic and go do these things. Like what's the, what's the catalyst from that like down point to this, like, all right, I'm going to pick myself up and get going. Ask yourself this question. Because people ask themselves the wrong question when they are going through a breakup. And I've done it too. This is easier said than done. But stop asking yourself, why did this happen to me? Start asking yourself, how has this happened for me? How can I turn this relationship into something that has happened for me? What can I have learned from this in a month or two? I mean, first of all, give yourself a little time to heal. (laughs) It does take time. But uh, give yourself a little bit of space and say, okay, the relationship is over or ending it hurts, but how can this be something that happened for me, not to me? That's a much more powerful question to ask. It's a question that Viktor Frankl asks in an incredible book called Man's Search for Meaning. It's about being in the Holocaust, obviously a much more serious, uh, existential, awful topic, but it's a super powerful question we can ask ourselves in moments of pain. Okay, I just got laid off. I just got dumped. <laughs> I just got COVID. I just Something bad happened. How can I turn this into something that happened for me rather than to me? And that creates a new answer. When you ask a new question, you get new answers. So it might be, well, what have I learned from this relationship or breakup? Maybe I've learned I'm never going to date this kind of guy again, or I'm never going to, or I'm not going to stand for this kind of treatment. Or maybe, hey, maybe I can say, you know what? We dated for a few months, like my ex and I, we had a wonderful time, and now it's, it's, it's flowered into a friendship. That's something that happened for me, thanks to the, the grace that Brooke showed me when things ended. She said, you know what? I'm okay with friendship. Let's become good friends. And now we're both enjoying that because we looked at our relationship and said, how can we turn this into a positive rather than a negative? That's what I, that's what I recommend. I mean, that's a really digestible way to think about it because you talk about like going from rock bottom to rock star, right? Like you feel like you're down in the dumps and you got broken up with. And now all of a sudden we're here on this podcast talking about like, and you just approach a woman and it's easy. And this is not that you're saying it's easy, you know, it's hard, but it's making it sound like there's this, the no man's land in between. It's just like, it doesn't exist. Like potentially you just go from here to here, right? Well, like we're talking about it right now. Like there is this in between, ask those questions to yourself. Like at the end of the day, you're responsible for your own actions and for your own, you know, choices. And while you can say, yeah, you know what, that person wasn't good for me. And there's some blame on everyone's end. When you're alone with yourself, if you put it on 
you where you can to say, hey, listen, what what am I responsible for? What can I learn? What how can I grow? And not only does it, it's not like shaming or blaming yourself, but it kind of like gives you the power and control to say, like, you know what? Like I can fix this and make it better instead of putting it all on somebody else. Like it's their fault. Woe is me and being the victim. Right. This helps you get to that point where you can then say, like, all right, now I'm ready to like be a rock star again. Like I felt, I know how it feels to feel good right now. It's just a low point and it's going to get better. But what if there's somebody who, and we all know these people because, you know, listen, a lot of people can't get to this place on their own or they can't really understand how to take the power back or um, how to turn the, what seems like a negative into a positive. And they are a bit more stuck in the sadness, the replaying the tapes, asking themselves what they could have done better. And it's, it's less about, you know, what they can do better moving forward, but they rehash, you know, until they're blue in the face. That's the right saying, right? Yes. yes. The wool in their eyes is blue in their face. Yes. Exactly. So as long as they, you know, are in that space, how are they going to rebuild their self-confidence and get out of their own ways so that they can resume their love lives? Well, this is a cliche, but some cliches are cliches for a reason. There's truth there. One one day at a time, one step at a time. And I, Tony Robbins has a great line that I, I've used a lot, which is progress equals happiness. Tell yourself when you've hit bottom, let's say you hit rock bottom in some sense, romantically. Say, okay, I've hit rock bottom, but it's time to start moving forward. And I'm going to look at this starting point as day one, and I'm going to get 1% closer to happiness today than I was yesterday. And then one more percent the day after that and start moving forward, even in small steps so that you can look back and say, whoa, look how far I've, look how far I've come. I've come this far. My rock bottom moment was and I read about this in the book was, was I, I barely dated in my twenties and thirties. And I finally found a woman who wanted to be with me and she broke up with me. She, or she, she, we got married because she was the only one I settled. We both actually, we settled for each other and we got married and she dumped me nine weeks later and nine weeks is a pretty fast marriage to be over. And during that, that was a really rough nine weeks. You know, you know, it's a troubled marriage when you hear somebody you work with say, Hey, uh, I saw your I saw your wife on the back of some guy's Harley today. Oh no! Not what a newlywed wants to hear. (laughs) And and nine weeks later, she left me, and I hit rock bottom at that point, essentially. And that was essentially the catalyst that that made me say, you know what? I I now feel rejected by all women. The one woman I found didn't even want to be with me. She left me for a cool guy on a Harley, and. And that was hard for me and it it took me a lot of time, but I said, you know what? It's time to say, okay, uh, I'm going to move forward and do it one step at a time. And, and it's easier said than done. But now I look back at that, at that moment, uh, Jen and Lauren, and I realized, thank gosh, thank God she did that. Thank God my marriage ended. I never would have become a dating coach. I never would have gone on this journey where I traveled the world and I worked with all these experts and I approached hundreds of women, maybe thousands, and and went on hundreds of dates and basically learned where confidence comes from and authenticity and all these all these cool, fun tricks and dating moves. But none of that would have happened had I not gone through that pain. So thank and by the way, she totally deserved to be with somebody better than me at that time. I was not worthy of her. So I don't blame her at all. But I needed to go through that pain and realize, okay, this is bottom. It's time to say new chapter, turn and turn it one page at a time. 
uh, and look at that as progress. Which is, again, the digestible way to approach a situation because everything, something like that, when something like that happens, it's so huge. And then everything seems so overwhelming and like you feel paralyzed. You're like, I can't, what do I do? Like, I'm never going to recover this, you know, and give yourself, like you said, give yourself the time to feel sad and not great about it. Cause of course you need that time, but have the faith that like, you're always going to pick yourself up and like, get back in it. Breakups are especially hard for me. I always have a hard time with them. But like historically, even though it t- it feels like it might take me longer than like some of my other girlfriends to get over, I do know though, like one day at a time it gets better and mm. it always gets better. This is just my process. So I have to just know at the end of the day, like I'm going to look back on it. I mean, when have you ever had a breakup with a dude or a girl and looked back on it and been like, yeah, I just... That was the one that got away. I know they talk about unrequited love, like in the movies and stuff, but like I've never, even though you feel like at the time it's just like the worst thing ever and you're so sad, I've never looked back and went like, yeah, that guy's better than the guy I'm with now. Or like, you know what I mean? You always like find the the rationale in it. You're like, you know what? It wasn't meant to be or, and you're not lying to yourself. You're just able to clearly see what's going on. You have to have faith that that's going to be like revealed to you, that it's going to end up feeling like the right thing. You just have to let it come to you when the like universe is ready to tell you. Absolutely. And you have to focus on the right things. You can look at past relationships and focus on how you think you were wronged, whether you were or not, you can focus on that. Or you can focus on past relationships and think, wow, I'm so grateful that I had that experience. I'm so grateful that it worked, that, that, that we had that time together. There's a chapter in my book about dating during the Me Too era where I write about a woman who, who in the book I call her Alex. It's not her real name. And she and I fell in love. And we fell in love a f- few years after she was the victim of a sexual assault. And she opened my eyes to the importance of how men need to treat women, the importance of empathy, and the importance of well, so many things that that I just hadn't really known was such a problem. In other words, the Me Too era. And Alex and I didn't work out, as I talk about in a book. It was it was very sad. It ended because basically she, on some level, she never she was still recovering from the trauma she was dealing with, and she basically said, Connell. I can't date you. I can't be with anybody right now. I still need to fix me and all the things that I feel are are broken and not and still need to be healed. And now I look back on that and I still ache for her and I still love her in a lot of ways. At the same time, I don't look back and think, oh, that's that's a tragedy for me. I didn't get the girlfriend I wanted. We couldn't be together. I'm just so grateful that Alex and I had that experience. We had a weekend together, the most incredible few weekends together as we had this uh, few uh, long distance rendezvous. And now I can look back and say, gosh, I'm so glad she opened my eyes to the, the need, to the way men need to treat women. I'm so glad I had to have that relationship. And instead of looking, instead of writing some other story and saying, well, there's another relationship that didn't work. I guess it's, I guess dating just sucks. So does, I'm not saying I'm enlightened or anything. It's, it's a lesson I had to learn after looking at it the wrong way. But we, we give, we want to give past relationships, including breakups and, and relationships that don't work, which is most of them. Give them empowering meetings that that make you feel gratitude and and grace. Um, so that's how I look at it. And push you forwards versus take you backwards. 
yeah, exactly. How did this happen for me so that I can then take that into the future and have a find someone who can I can then we can we can have an even better relationship and, and maybe settle down once and for all, or at least for a good long time, as long as we can. Yeah, like try to construct a narrative because it's your choice at some point. Yes, you're not going to completely fabricate things, but it's your choice at some point to tell yourself a story that is going to be helpful to you. You can decide to go down the path of like, that was tragic or I I was hurt or I was this or I mm. was that. If you want to focus on that, you can, because that's probably a real part of a lot of people's stories. But there is always a side and part of the narrative that is a message or a lesson and it's just better and better for you and more positive to just focus on that, to push you forward, you know, tell yeah. yourself the positive narrative instead of constructing a narrative that turns you into a victim all the time. Cause that's not cute. Exactly. You just said the word victim. It's you can't be a victim in your love life. You have to take ownership and say, I am not a victim no matter what happened. Um, and when I look back at Alex and myself, or any, or when any of us look back at our past relationships, it's easy to say, "Oh, I was a victim," or, or to, you know, every story has one predominant emotional, well, emotion. It could be, and, and you can give the story the emotion you want to give it. You can give it victimhood. You can give it sadness. You can give it tragedy. You can give it uh, excitement. The one I like, I like to give past relationships uh, the label of growth. How did this help me grow? What did I learn from that? Because that allows me to take some, that past mistake I made or maybe mistakes that other people made and learn from them so that I can be a better boyfriend, a better lover, a better man for the, the woman I end up being, you know, spending my life with. Oh, yes. Amen to that. And now, obviously, we know dating sucks, but you don't. And we've learned that because of all the things now we're telling ourselves, how we're reframing things, that we're learning from our past and we're bettering our future. How can people pre-order your book? Where can they get it? Because every guy needs it. And you know what? Girls should totally read it too, because why not? Absolutely. My marketing plan includes saying, hey, if you know a guy you friend zoned <laughs> or if you have a brother who needs a little help, this is the book for him. Yeah, so dating sucks, but you don't. You can get it on Amazon. You can also go to my website, datingtransformation.com, and you can order it there. Um, also, just for people who want a cool free thing, uh, in addition to the book, which is not free, but on my website, uh, datingtransformation.com, I have a video series called Simple Dating Secrets. So people can sign up for uh, weekly tips, uh, weekly video tips from me to get more matches, get more dates, uh, have more fun, get more confidence, learn to flirt and just have more fun in dating. So um, yeah, that's all on datingtransformation.com. Great. Well, we love a good tip, trick, and secret. So before we wrap, we need to get one out of you, all right? So everyone wants to find the secret to finding love or the one. And there's like, again, so many great tips and tricks out there and you're probably chock full of them. But what can you leave with our listeners? Like, what is one that jumps out to you as like cracking the code to finding a romantic connection? Like a tip for that. Yes. I can't wait to meet people in real life again. No offense to you both. I love your podcast, but I'm so tired of uh, conversations on my computer. Oh yeah, we all are. We agree. <laughs> uh, absolutely. I think 2021 is going to be the the best year to meet somebody in real life, maybe ever, or at least in our lifetimes for obvious reasons. So here's my best tip for meeting somebody in real life. When you When you meet somebody, whether it's a man approaching a woman or maybe a woman approaching a man, which is fantastic, um, 
you make this your guiding light when you're talking to them. Find out what makes them fascinating and then tell them whatever that thing is. A lot of guys say, what do I say? I'm going to, I say, go approach that girl. Go approach her. Go say something. He's like, what do I say? What do I say? I don't care what you say. I want you to find out what makes them fascinating because that's going, that, that will, that will make you ask the right questions and learn who they are, you know, as much as we can in a short conversation. And guess what? If that other person you've just met at the gym, at the bar, out in the park, if they feel like you see them, if you say to them, wow, I didn't, that's so cool that you're into improv like me, you're fascinating. Now you've made a genuine connection, an authentic connection, and then you're basically halfway on your way to the first date and making a real connection. So that's my tip. Find out what makes them fascinating and then let them know that you see that fascinating part of them. I love that. That is such great advice. Well, thank you so much, Connell. And everyone can find you you and your book at datingtransformation.com, but remind everyone where they can find you on the social media as well. Yeah, absolutely. I'm all about Instagram. Uh, at Dating Transformation. I'm on Instagram all the time. I love it there. Check me out there, please. We do too. And you can find us at It's Complicated uh, on wherever you get your podcasts and you need to rate and comment and tell a friend and tune in weekly where we talk all dating and relationshipy stuff and join our class of master daters, guys. Follow us at social media uh, at Complicated Show and you can follow me at Lauren Leonelli on all the social meets. And you can follow me at Jennifer Golden on all the social meets. Love you long time. You're on a hot date with Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. And now it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs>